The Shep Ness Podcast begins now. You're listening to the Shep Ness Podcast, podcast at Shepherd Church. Everything we do here is to help people take their next step toward Jesus. This podcast is part of that. We want to help you engage daily in your faith. And today, Pastor Rob is sitting in the chair. We are going to be talking about his latest sermon. We're in a series called Shattered, where we're talking about how God takes the broken pieces of our life, brings it to something amazing, something we could never do on our own. And we're talking about the story of Joseph that first Christmas. And so, Rob, what's up, man? It is great to be here, Joey. Yeah. So excited. Yeah, man. It's good stuff. So we are just a week away from Christmas. Um, and wow. like this year. It flew by. Yeah, man. Uh, so we are three weeks into this Christmas series. Uh, we've talked about Zechariah and Elizabeth. We talked yep. about Mary last week um, and how... You know, both of them had plans for their lives and thought that it was going to go a certain way, and and God steps in, and what they may have felt like where their life shattered, their life plan yeah. shattered, but then He melted the pieces back together yeah. into something beautiful, something they could never have yeah. imagined. John the Baptist comes into their to Mary and Elizabeth's life, or Elizabeth and Zechariah's life. Yeah. Jesus, obviously, the Messiah, is going to be yep. born to Mary, and then we have Joseph, yeah. who plays an important role, albeit sort of on the side of this story. Yeah. Um, stepdad to Je- yeah. Jesus. <laughs> now let's talk yeah. about Joseph and his story, because I think that um, <clears throat> not that, I mean, Mary is obviously the integral piece to this, but Joseph had a lot of well, he, sway yeah. in what would have what could have happened. I mean, who does God pick to be his son's earthly father? I know. That's a big deal. Yeah. And Joseph is the one he picked. So b- before we jump in too far, though, I kind of want to set a little bit of context. Do you remember the day that you asked Bethany to marry you? Absolutely. What was the day? It was, Tell us a little bit about it. It was June 21st. I uh-huh. even know the date. Impressive. So June 21st, um, I actually don't remember the year. I think it was like 2000. 10, I don't know. Uh-huh. It was a long time ago. We were in the outer... This is... He had... I had no idea this was a question. No, I got happen. you. That, yep. Um, we were in the Outer Banks in North Carolina, and I uh, took her to the top of Cape Hatteras Lighthouse mm. and gave her this huge speech about lighthouses uh-huh. and how they have multiple lights. They don't just have one on the top, but they have a lower light that when you come closer to the shore, you can see, uh-huh. and it's important. And I gave this whole speech about lighthouses and safety and uh-huh. whatever. And then I got down on a knee, and she said, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember um, this guy, uh, we were on top of the light. We weren't the only ones up there because it's a tourist attraction. And this guy, is probably in his 20s, came around the bend of it, and he went, Oh crap! And then ran ran away because <laughs> he was he was ruining the moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, all I had was this really, I mean, at the time it was a really nice phone, but it, the phones didn't take good pictures. Yeah. And so somebody snapped a quick picture of us up there on uh-huh. this phone. It looks like it's a picture from the '60s nowadays. Like yeah. if you were to look at it. Um, but the funniest part of it was, um, it it's a, um. It's like a 40-story climb uh-huh. to the top of this lighthouse. And inside the lighthouse, um, if it's over 110 degrees inside, they have to shut down the lighthouse because it's too hot. Uh-huh. But it was like 108 degrees on the inside. Nice. And halfway up, Bethany, 
but I think it's sports asthma. And so halfway up, she was not doing well. And I was like, well, this plan was just, just, this is awful. <laughs> this is not going as a plan. Uh-huh. And so I was like, let's just go back down. Like, let's not worry about it. She's like, no, we paid for these tickets. We're going. <laughs> She's like, uh, so the only reason I actually asked her to marry me is because she demanded that we did it because we paid $8 to go to the lighthouse. <laughs> so, well, it's worked out. Yeah, it's it worked, worked out, out very but good. It, it, it ended up being very romantic. I know we make it sound funny, but yeah. she doesn't listen to the podcast, so she won't even know this happened. Yeah. She <laughs> should, but I can't yeah, force her to do I understand. Anything. I understand. <laughs> well, it, that, your story you? is similar to mine. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask, we, we went out to, I'd been saving my money for the ring and my plan was to ask her on Valentine's Day, yeah. which is February 14th, but I got the ring paid off early. And I thought, I'm just going to wait, still do my plan, but I couldn't wait. And, mm. and so there was a, a, a Friday or a Saturday night. It was February 4th. So I remember that because it's not the 14th, it was the 4th. And we went downtown Columbus to a really nice restaurant. I think it was called One Nation. We went all the way up. It was really high up in mm-hmm. one of the buildings. And there was a glass elevator on the outside. Oh, yeah. I remember and, the glass elevator. And I wanted to to ask her in the glass elevator as we were going up to the to the restaurant or whatever, but we never could get in there alone. So I was really ticked off that people kept getting in the <laughs> elevator because I wanted to be in there alone with her. So we went up, had the restaurant. We actually rode the elevator a couple of times. And she's probably thinking, why are we doing this? Because I was trying to get in there alone. We never did. <laughs> so we took a walk. We went down by the Scioto River. And this is when they used to have that ship down there. I think the, oh, cl- yeah, the Clipper this, thing. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was before the ship. I'm sorry. It was oh. before that. But right in that area, it was a really nice area. And so um, that was, you know, it's like my plan had been shot. This I, <laughs> I knew what I wanted to do. And now I'm, now I'm winging it. And so it is freezing cold outside. And on February 4th in 1989, and... That's where I asked her to marry me, right down by the river. Mm-hmm. And I tell people it's down by the river because if she said no, I was jumping in, and that was <laughs> it for me. Um, or I was going to throw her in one of the two. But but anyway, uh, yeah, that was our story. And mm-hmm. we walked back to the car, the parking garage, and she had the ring on, but wouldn't put her hand in the in the in her or glove on because she had the ring or put it in her pocket. And so we held hands, and our f- hands were frozen, like we should have went to the hospital because we probably had frostbite on our hands. <laughs> but it was it was fun. So. Yep. Yeah. So, and then of course, you know, after you get you and get engaged, you plan the wedding and you have yeah. this ceremony. But uh, the reason I asked those questions is because Mary and Joseph were kind of in this process yeah. then. Um, and I preached a whole sermon one time about marriage and all this kind of stuff. And I used the word betrothal. And um, I got home for dinner and my children, all of my children are like, you pronounced that word wrong the entire sermon. <laughs> Multiple times. Like a hundred times. I like betroth, betroth. And they're like, every time you said it, it's just like, oh, it was like chalkboard finger things. <laughs> and so I do know now that it's the word betrothed. Yeah. And and th- that I just want to give a shout out to my kids for helping me yeah. know how to pronounce words correctly. And that you can grow as a person. I ha- yes. You and can. your you know, your children can help you grow. <laughs> they help me every Sunday after church. Uh, so anyway, uh, so there's this process, right, of, uh-huh. of uh, it's a, an engagement, but the, the biblical word is betrothal. Um, and, and that process is a lot different um, that, then than it is now. Now you ask someone to marry. Mm-hmm. You actually meet someone, you fall in love. You ask them to marry you, and then you plan the wedding. Typically is the order, yeah. and then you have the wedding, and it's, you know, it can be a short or a long engagement or whatever. But the, the, the process of getting married in Mary and Joseph's days was a lot different. And I'm, at, I'm talking about this because they were, they were what we would call engaged, but they would have called mm-hmm. it betrothed. Um, yeah, side statement. Go with the short engagement. 
the oh yeah for sure yeah most definitely yeah shepherd church invites you to celebrate the hope of jesus through a family-friendly candlelight worship service featuring music and an encouraging message christmas is on a monday this year which makes our schedule a little different than past years we will only have one evening service on saturday the 23rd at 6 p.m and two morning services on Christmas Eve Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. All are welcome to celebrate Christmas with us. So, so the word betrothed literally means it's like it's a legal, it's, it's a legal promise or a contract. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a, there's not a lot of romance in it. Um, it's, it's a legal contract. And the contract for marriage, for betrothal, was made between a representative of the groom and the bride's parents. Sometimes the representative could be the parents of the groom or friends, but they would go and they would make the deal between um, him and the the parents of the bride. Um, and so sometimes it would be somebody that he liked or loved or whatever. But oftentimes the the brought the groom's parents are the ones who picked the bride because the bride was going to be a part of the family clan, and if the guy died, she stayed a part of the family. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to make sure they were getting a good deal. So they had a say in it, right? Because yeah. they didn't want to, don't marry that girl because we don't want her family, whatever. So they had a lot of say into that. Um, but then once it was all agreed upon that everybody was in the in the uh, in the in the good with that, um, there were several things that would happen in the betrothal process. Often there was a payment to the bride's family. Um, and it wasn't like, you know, she, they were getting paid for, but it was compensating the loss of a worker for the family because mm-hmm. everybody kind of had a job in the family back then. You know, you didn't go to the grocery store necessarily and buy food. You had to grow it and all that. So the family who had a, a, a bride and their family was losing a worker, so the groom would pay uh, a, a compensation or whatever. Sometimes it was money. Sometimes it could be um you know, working like, you mm-hmm. know, Jacob, um, I think it was Jacob who worked for seven years. Yeah. Seven mm-hmm. years and then got fooled and had to work some more for the other. So he got two out of two for one, but work t- cost him 14 years. Not a good deal for him. Uh, anyway, that's sometimes it just takes side a note. Yeah. 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 Um, and so then, so they would do the work. It was confirmed by oaths, accompanied by presents to the bride and often the bride's parents as well. And all that kind of stuff, which when did, did you ask Bethany's dad, if you could, have permission to marry. I did to marry her, and how did that go? Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not a conversation for the podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It went fine. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Well, I remember asking Monica's dad. Yeah. You know, and. And he he did something that I wanted to do with all my daughter my two daughters as well. He showed me his gun collection, his knife yeah. collection. <laughs> then he took me in his office and he, where he had a bunch of dead animal heads yeah. mounted to the Randy wall and did, said, by Randy the way, I'm a that. really good shot. So, <laughs> But yeah, he didn't do that. So yeah. I'm okay. Good, good, good. <laughs> All right. So anyway, it's interesting when, when you think about this process, because in, in our culture now, you fall in love with somebody and you marry the person that you love. Yeah. In the culture that Joseph and Mary grew up in, you didn't necessarily um, fall in love with the person you were married. You got married and then you grew to love the person that mm-hmm. you married. So it was a little bit different um, how that worked. And then, then anyway, the betrothal process was celebrated by a feast. And, and at that feast, sometimes a groom would place a ring on the finger, which is where we kind of get that imagery and mm-hmm. symbolism today. Um, but the betrothal process was considered part of the marriage process. Once you were betrothed, 
you were in contract and mm-hmm. and and you were considered husband and wife by everybody else, but you couldn't do the deed that made you husband and wife until the actual day of the wedding, mm-hmm. right? So they're considered married, but they couldn't celebrate the part of marriage that everybody is excited about celebrating when you get married. And, um, and, and so you couldn't get a divorce e- either. Like you couldn't get out of the process because it was a legal contract and there were lots of things involved. So mm-hmm. if you're betrothed, you, you couldn't do it. And we'll read about this in the story here in just a few minutes about yeah. what happened with, with Joseph and Mary. Um, and then usually it was a year long process. And, um, the, and during that year, the bride would get herself ready for the, uh, wedding, but the groom had a job to do and the groom, the job that the groom had to do was to provide a home for for her. Mm-hmm. And the father often wouldn't say, you know, you're not taking my daughter to you have a place that I approve of and all that kind of stuff. There's really also some really cool imagery regarding the second coming with Jesus going and preparing a place to get his mm-hmm. for us before he comes to bright. But we're not talking about that. But anyway, uh, it was really cool. And then what would happen is then when it was time, the groom would and his friends would go to the house of the bride, get her and take her to the home that he had prepared. Mm-hmm. And then the actual, the actual marriage part was so people are gathered for the wedding, and and when the groom goes to get the bride, they would go into the home that he'd prepared and consummate the marriage while the guests waited outside. I mean, Matt, that's a little bit of pressure. I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, there's no children listening to this, but that's a lot of pressure, right? Mm-hmm. You got to go in there. You know everybody out there is waiting on you to, so you can ha- have this celebration, and you know, <laughs> you, they all know what you're doing, so it's just kind of a weird deal. And And this is where Joseph and Mary were in this process, right? They had done everything. Yeah except for consummate the marriage. They had been betrothed. They had been, you know, Mary's looking forward to the wedding. Joseph is working on uh, the home and providing everything. They're in this contract. Mm-hmm. Everybody sees them together. They know that they're husband and wife together. Um, and then and then there's this. So, so Joseph has this picture in his head of what his life is going to be like, right? Yeah. He's like, this is, this is the... This is it. This, so, so if he has a stained glass image in his mind, he's got it. And then, and then God goes to Mary and says, "Right, by the way, <laughs> you know." And then Mary has this conversation with Joseph, and it's like, um, "Honey, something I need to tell you." Yeah. And and then and literally, what happens is this image that Joseph had painted in his mind of how he wanted his life to go had just been dropped by mm-hmm. God and shattered into a thousand pieces. And so that's kind of where I want to pick it up. And then it's in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. And if you could kind of read for us a little bit what yeah. happens. Or you've heard it before, but it'd be good to yeah. just renew and refresh our mind for that. All right. It says this. It says, The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, or betrothed, like we've said, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which translates to God with, is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Yeah, so 
Great story. It's like the story of Mary last week. We probably have heard the story yeah, and read yeah. it and thought, that's just the way it happens. It's really cool. Yeah. But let's jump into Joseph's life for a moment and think, yeah. wow. Yeah, I think sometimes his we, life we read just it got, so much. Yeah. And we we sing about it in like children's songs that yeah. we we don't stop to think these yeah. were real people. Yeah. Like, there's, this is a real situation that happened. It's a big deal. Yeah. And there's there's consequences for all this kind of stuff. So so last week we talked about how God chose Mary and the angel came and spoke to Mary and saying that she was favored. Mm-hmm. And that word favor literally means that she was getting something she didn't deserve. So Mary didn't earn, she didn't like qualify to be the best person or whatever. But think about this, like God had to choose someone who would be the earthly father for his son. Yeah. And, I, and not that the 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 job that a mother does is small, but I'm thinking God's like choosing His replacement on Earth uh, for who's going to be who's going to be His earthly father. And I think I just feel like that's a big deal. And so I I thought it was interesting to maybe look at what was it about Joseph um, that 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 made God choose him, right. and and why was it that that you know God? I mean, God knew that when Joseph heard this, this was devastating news to yeah. hear that your wife is pregnant or not really your wife, but your fiance is pregnant in those days. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, it was just, that was not, that's not how it worked. You could, there, I mean, we'll talk later, but there was penalties for that that were mm-hmm. deadly. Um, and, and so God had to choose someone who would not overreact or respond to this, but listen. And so he, there was a specific kind of person, I think, that he was looking for. Yeah. We're going to wrap up our episode there today. We're going to catch up back with Pastor Rob tomorrow as we finish up our conversation on the story of Joseph. We hope that you'll tune in for that. If you have any more questions, you can get a hold of us, podcast at shepnaz.org. As always, thanks for listening. Have a great day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.